Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've been following the Apostle Paul throughout his journeys in the Mediterranean world and most recently have seen him in prison in Rome at the end of the book of Acts. We learned that after his first Roman imprisonment, Paul was released for a brief period of time that would have lasted for several years and was able to minister uh, in the Aegean world once again throughout that uh, multiple year period. He even spent some time, uh, most likely, beginning new churches, as we will see today in our study of a short letter that Paul wrote during this time, the letter that we know as Titus. Uh, Paul's letter to Titus was written to help Titus with the work at Crete and to appoint elders in the churches on the island. He also wrote to address godly living and warn about false doctrine And finally, toward the end of the letter, Paul asked Titus to come to him at Nicopolis. So we're going to examine this short letter, just three chapters in Paul's letter to Titus. Let's pray as we begin. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the life of the Apostle Paul. We thank you for his ministry and his faithfulness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask now that as we look at this short letter that he wrote Uh, to younger Titus, we ask that you would give us insight through your Holy Spirit into lessons that Paul would have Titus learn and also uh, by your Spirit uh, that we today might learn lessons from it also. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, chapter one of Titus, Paul begins in the first four verses by talking about his service to Christ on behalf of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. This was in hope of their eternal life, which God had promised before the ages began. And since God never lies, Paul says, this promise has been accomplished through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus in verse 3. So Paul is writing now to Titus whom he calls a true child in a common faith, in verse 4. Paul's sharing the gospel with many had resulted in his uh, bearing many children, so to speak, for the gospel, and Titus was one such person. Perhaps Titus even came to faith as a result of Paul's ministry sharing the gospel in the location in which they first met one another. Paul writes first to charge Titus, to put what remained at Crete into order. Now, very likely, Paul and Titus had visited the island of Crete together, maybe starting churches there uh, together, going throughout the island. Paul had left Titus to complete the work, which included appointing elders in every local church. The qualifications for leadership are listed in verses 6 through 9 of Titus chapter 1, and they're very comparable to those that we had seen in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Elders must be above reproach, uh, the husband of one wife, uh, 
They should have believing or faithful children. They must not be arrogant or quick-tempered, violent, greedy, and so on. Uh, positively, elders must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught to be able to ward off false teaching in verse 9. False teaching was a big theme uh, that Paul warned against in his letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy, that we examined in our last session. And it's also an important theme in this letter to Titus as well. So Paul warns about those who were spreading false doctrine in chapter 1 and verses 10 through 16. These are especially, he says, of the circumcision party, likely they were Jews, who were teaching for their own uh, gain, but he calls this shameful gain, and they're upsetting entire families uh, in verses 10 and 11. Paul tells Titus about the popular assessment of Cretans in verse 12, that they are liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons, and he admonished Titus to rebuke them sharply when needed, keeping them sound in faith and not relying on Jewish myths or the commands of people who turn away from the truth, verses 12 through 14. He warns Titus about the impurity that those who do not believe in God possess, and said that they were detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work in verse 16. Now, as he moves into chapter 2, Paul turns to exhort Titus to teach what accords with sound doctrine in verse 1 and look at conduct within the church. Older men should be sober-minded, self-controlled, dignified, sound in the faith, in love, and in steadfastness, according to verse 2. Older women should conduct themselves with reverent behavior, with teaching what is good, and training up younger women to love their husbands and their children, in verses 3 and 4. Young men should learn to be self-controlled, according to verse 6. And Titus himself, as a younger man, was to be a model of good works for all to see, teaching with integrity, not giving opponents anything negative to say about him, but putting them to shame, according to verses 7 and 8. Slaves, uh, then, should also submit to their masters in all things, not uh, even arguing, but showing all good faith so that in everything they might adorn the doctrine of God our Savior, verses 9 and 10. Paul then explained that God's grace has appeared to bring salvation to all people and teaching us to live godly lives in the present age as we wait for the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice that Jesus is called both God and Savior here in verse 13. Again, that says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is referred to as both. It's very explicit here. Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous 
for good works. So the purpose of our salvation is not merely so that we can have forgiveness of sins and a right relationship with God, but further than that, beyond that, so that we might live our lives for the glory of God and we might be zealous for good works in this world. Uh, someone has once said that we are not saved by our works, but we are saved for good works, for the purpose of good works. And I think Paul would agree here in these verses in chapter 2. Now, Titus was to declare these things, exhorting and rebuking with all authority. No one was to disregard him. He had Paul's apostolic backing and support in this regard, according to verse 15 of chapter 2. We move into uh, chapter 3, and in chapter 3, Paul again addresses conduct in the household of faith in verses 1 through 11. There, he charges Titus in these verses to remind the churches of Crete to be submissive to rulers and authorities, not speaking evil of anyone or quarreling. Look at verses 1 and 2. He says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. How different is the age in which we live where so much slander uh, goes on around us, it seems, at all times. I'm thinking about the uh, online world, uh, social media in particular. We really should take these words of the Apostle Paul to heart here, uh, not to speak evil of anyone, to avoid quarreling. It's just completely unproductive and unhelpful in the advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say that we were once foolish and disobedient ourselves, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us according to his own mercy. This is verses uh, 3 through 5. Again, the reference to God our Savior is most likely a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ here uh, once again. Another indication that Paul is very explicitly calling Jesus God at this point. He says this was done by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit in verse 5, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, in order to make us heirs of the hope of eternal life. The hope of eternal life is a certain expectation, a sure reality that will happen in the future. Eternal life is something that we as believers in Christ possess in part today, but really its fullness comes when we see Jesus Christ face to face. We possess forgiveness of sins and a right relationship with God, but there is the aspect of our eternal life uh, where we will become like the Lord Jesus Christ in his righteousness and in his glorified humanity in the future. 
Well, Paul goes on to tell Titus to insist on these truths so that believers could devote themselves to good works while avoiding foolish controversies and genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels, which he says are unprofitable and ultimately worthless in verses 8 and 9. Persons who stir up division should be warned once or twice, and then Paul says, have nothing more to do with him, with that person, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, and they are, he even says, self-condemned. We should beware of uh, these types of people, people who are given to arguments and divisions and just divisive individuals. It is very unprofitable, ultimately a waste of time, uh, to try to dispute with such individuals. They just like to fight. In his final instructions in verses 12 through 15 of Titus chapter 3, Paul tells Titus he is planning to send Artemis or Tychicus to him on Crete, uh, and that he, Titus, should do his best to come to Paul at Nicopolis. Nicopolis was on the western side of Macedonia, where Paul had decided to spend the winter. He encourages Titus to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. We don't exactly know what they were doing, but Paul wanted to encourage the ministry that they were involved in. In verse 14, he again tells Titus to help people learn to devote themselves to good works, helping cases of urgent need, and not being unfruitful. He concludes with greetings from all who are with him and final words, grace be with you all. And so this is the short letter to Titus. And uh, next time we're going to examine the last letter that we have of the Apostle Paul. That's the second letter to Timothy and see lessons that we can learn uh, from the letter of 2 Timothy. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu 